Um, if you guys want to start to open up to Romans chapter 12, and I'll give you a second to get there, but um, we've been going through Second Timothy with a men's group, and it's, um, it's all about learning to lead, and so I thought about just, um, just that. How do, we, how do we live a life that's honorable to God? And then here's, I know everybody's probably had this question before, but what is, what is God's will in my life? Has anybody had that question? Like, what is, what is he, what is his will? I mean, I think, uh, I think we've probably spent thousands of hours thinking about it. Um, what do you want me to do? How do I do it? And so I hope that this, this section, um, through his spirit reveals that to us. Uh, if everybody got there, I'm reading through New King James tonight. Um, I'm going to read through verse 3 and then we'll pray. Uh, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. For I say, through the grace given to me, to everyone who is among you, now remember this, not to think too highly, or not to think of himself more highly than he ought to, but to think soberly, as God has dealt to each one a measure of faith. Lord, uh, we do lift up the men that are at the conference. We pray that um, you would be ministering to their hearts, growing them in your knowledge and grace, Lord, and that they would come back strengthened and just on fire for you. Uh, We pray that for tonight uh, you would shine grace upon me and mercy, Lord, just for this message that uh, your word would go out strong um, without compromise, Lord, and just to minister to our hearts what you'd have to say to us in this day and age. I ask that you would um, just use this now and be with us, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. So I'm not really sure how far we'll get, but eh, we'll stop wherever we want to stop. So um, not in a big rush, not, in, not trying to take it slow, but this is a very meaty section. And I think that as we can start to understand, what does God want me to do? Um, I think we can hopefully start to understand how we move forward after that. It's not this mystical secret. I got this... Um, uh, magazine from a Christian uh, online sales kind of thing, and I saw this on the back, and it's kind of interesting. It says, "Live the full adventure of faith by knowing and doing God's will." So this is a book they're trying to sell, uh, drawing from the wisdom of this guy, <laughs> original bestsellers. Uh, these resources will lead you step by step into a deeper fellowship with our living God. As you discover your special place in his kingdom, millions of Christians have been transformed by this book. Let it change your life, too. Well, that's good, right? That's nice. But um, he's just talking about the Bible. If, I don't, I've never read the book, but it's humorous that um, we go outside of the Bible to know what God's will is, right? 
I mean, there's people that can help guide us, but um, <clears throat> God has said he will guide us if we read his word. And so that's kind of our challenge tonight. It's not even a challenge. It should be a pleasure, right? Just to read his word and understand it. So let's go back to chapter 12, verse 1. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, um, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. What does it mean to beseech somebody? (laughs) What do you guys think? I don't know if I've ever heard that word outside of the Bible, right? It's not on the street very much. Um, what, do you, what, do you think, what do you think? Anybody have an idea? To what? Okay. To give? Uh, to sacrifice? Um, also... Um, I beseech you, therefore, brethren. So I, I'm like, I'm like, Appeal. appealing, right? Yeah, like, um, do this. And he says, therefore. And so what the therefore is, it's always been kind of joked around about, but every time there's a therefore, you want to find out what it's there for, right? He's talking about the first 11 chapters, and he's beseeching us because of those 11 chapters. And in those 11 chapters, he's established that we were under God's wrath that we've been justified by God through his grace and mercy, that we can become partakers of salvation through him. He's he's set up everything beautifully through the first 11 chapters, and this is about now that you know these things, now that you have that firm grasp, that solid foundation, I appeal to you, right? I, I almost, you could say, I beg you, by the mercies of God, present your bodies a living sacrifice. Um... If who, well, I guess the source of our of mercy really comes from God. You remember that parable about the king who had a servant that owed him a large sum of money, and then that guy had a uh, a servant that owed him a very small sum of money. The king says it's time to collect, and this is if you want to jot it down, it's Matthew 18. But um, the king goes to collect the money. The servant that owes him a great sum, he's crying about it. Lord, you know, forgive me. King, forgive me. And the king has mercy on him, right? Even though he doesn't deserve it, he still gave it. He, he wiped away the debts. But what does that guy do? He goes to the guy that owed him $10, let's say, and he says, give me the money. I can't, I can't pay you right now. Can you, you know, can you just forgive me of it? No. And he has him thrown in jail. What happens when the king hears about it? It doesn't go so well for that guy. Him and his whole family are thrown in jail. And so, I mean, the whole point of that is that God has shown us great mercy. We should be showing others mercy too. And it's by these mercies of God that he's asking us to present our bodies a living sacrifice. Remember, Jesus was up here, I think it was, it was either communion or it was the um, fasting. But he was talking about a living sacrifice. It's not dead, right? It's not the dead sacrifice of the Old Testament. But we're to be living. We're alive uh, as we present our bodies to him. And it's interesting to me that... Um, the person that, that makes us holy 
is asking us to be that sacrifice. You know what I'm saying? He's the one that paid for us. He's the one that, that makes us holy. And yet at the same time, he's asking us to be that living sacrifice for him. And we'll actually find out why we need to be a living sacrifice. Not only to, to um, know what his will is, but also for others. And that kind of comes out in the, the last couple um, verses of this, this chapter. But to be a living sacrifice is to continually, um, continually be before God. To continually present your bodies. Um, there was two, if you remember... I'll give you the verses here, and you guys can write them down. But Leviticus 1.10 and Deuteronomy 15.21, they talked about what a sacrifice needed to be. Uh, it needed to be without blemish, right? It needed to be, couldn't be lame or anything like that or hindered. And that was the sacrifice that was required of the Old Testament. It's the same with us, right? When we come to Christ... Um, now, initially, when we came to him, we were broken, right? We were lame, but he has made us holy. And that's what I love after it says you present your bodies a living sacrifice. He goes on to say, holy, acceptable to God. And again, he's made us holy. As we're in him, we're accepted by God. And so it's not that we have to, it's not by our own righteousness. Because what, what does the Bible call our righteousness? Filthy rags. It's amazing. He says, be a living sacrifice holy. He's the one that made us holy. It's something that um, he's also made us acceptable. And so as we're in him, we don't have to work. It says his burden is light, right? And he'll take on our burden as we give it to him. Um, And so I also love how he's like the high priest, and he's also asking for the sacrifice. Um, in Psalm 51, uh, he says, Sacrifice and offering I don't desire. But one thing I do desire is a broken and contrite heart. And you start to see, you know, see this picture of how God is asking us to really sacrifice ourselves. We were talking about this on Monday, but um, when when the rich young ruler goes to Christ and says, what must I do to inherit eternal life? What does Christ say to him? He says, sell all you have, but what were the other three things that he said? Anybody? Starts with a D. Deny yourself, pick up your cross, and follow me. Um, I think we struggle with all of these. (laughs) Uh, to deny ourselves. Um, anything that you have that's above Christ, he's asking us to deny. In this case, it was money. Um, in our case, it's different. To take up our cross. You, we talked about it, though. It, it's not, you know, if you get sick, if you get cancer, that's not your cross. That's just life, right? If somebody dies, that's just life. That's not your cross, to bear or whatever. Jesus had a specific purpose in going to the cross. It was for the redemption of mankind, right? It was to save others. And almost in that same sense, when, it, when we're supposed to take up our cross, we're doing it, we're humbling ourselves, right? To the point of death, so that 
others may have salvation, right? So that others may seek Christ. And so, and then to follow Christ, those three things, I mean, that's, that is the will of God, right? It's not some, you know, turn around, touch the ground, pat your head, rub your belly, uh, and, and hope that God is willing to accept you. It's following his words, right? By this you will know that you are my disciples. If you keep my commandments, it's one of the things he says, and if you love one another, right? And um, it's not a burden either. Um, it says it's just your reasonable service. If you're that guy who was forgiven of a million dollars, wouldn't you love to serve the king? A debt that you could never pay back, a debt that uh, if we could even fathom that much, you know, let's say it's $40 million or $100 million. I'm never going to make that much. Not in, not in a thousand lifetimes, right? But to have, to have the weight of your sin forgiven, wouldn't you want to serve the king that did that? And so it is our reasonable service. It's, uh, it's not unreasonable to go the opposite way, right? Um, and so we see a portion of what um, God's will is. It's really to be a sacrifice. So I'll, got, I'll have two points as to what God's will is. That's point number one. Uh, be a sacrifice. Um, give yourselves to the Lord. Okay? So... The second verse now, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. We'll stop there, but to be conformed, you think about, think about, uh, I think about like Plato, I don't know about you, but getting molded, getting uh, a dinosaur that my kid makes or something, but it's being pressed into, you can press it into something, squeeze it out. It's conformed to whatever shape you want it to be. And he's warning us, don't be conformed to this world. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll read this again. This is a different one. Same, same page, but uh, this is, talks about a church. And this is dangerous. We can't compete with that mega church. it says. We don't have the money or the people. We've heard or made statements like these often. But there are so many stories of congregations that succeeded and grew despite the odds against them. What made them flourish? Let this guy share a new vision of trust and hope in God's possibilities. What are you talking about? It, it's embarrassing. We're, as a church, we're conforming to the world. You hear it in worship? You hear it in messages. You hear it in compromise, right? Don't conform to the world. Because if you conform to the world, you won't be different from the world. You see, I mean, you see churches all just drive downtown Riverside and look at some of the banners that are up, and it's like they're no different. There's, has Christ made you a new creation? Or you conform to the existing creation that everybody else is. That's sinful creation. If Christ has made you new, such were some of you. You're not a part of this group anymore. And so be conform- don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed. Um, what do you think 
there's a word for transformation. What's the, what's the one animal we usually think about with transformation? A butterfly, right? Uh, no, you like, you don't like butterflies. You like uh, hummingbirds, right? That's right. <laughs> uh, but a butterfly, I was, you think about it, sorry. <laughs> Still never wore the shirt, by the way. Um, you think about a butterfly, it, it's an ugly-looking worm, sometimes nice-looking, right? Or caterpillar, I guess, is the official term. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I'm learning science now. Uh, and it, it creates this cocoon and then emerges as a beautiful butterfly, right? There was a transformation in that cocoon, right? It was, it, it almost, you wouldn't know the difference between, if you didn't know what it, it was doing, you wouldn't know if you saw a butterfly randomly and a caterpillar, you wouldn't know that those two were the same. I was also thinking about like a, uh, you know those gastrointestinal surgeries? I'm not trying to get too gross here. Where they, <laughs> yeah, they, 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 they cut a piece of your stomach off, right? And it's this work on the inside that starts to produce results on the outside, right? It's a really bad example. But I was, I was struggling really <laughs> it's hard to think of, a, uh, minus a butterfly, what else we could use for that. And it's, it's amazing, though. You see somebody that gets it, four months later, they've dropped 300 pounds, and you're like, wow, you look so great. Uh, what happened? And then they say the surgery. It's the same with how to, we're, we're to be transformed. The cutting away of the flesh, right, of the heart, getting a new heart, getting a new desire, being a new creation, and to be transformed. Um, there's always this, this um, kind of example that's given, but are you a thermostat or a thermometer Christian? Uh, a thermometer does what with the, the temperature around? It adjusts to it, right? Uh, it doesn't really, doesn't change the, the, the ambient environment around it. But what does a thermostat do? It changes it. Uh, we can set it at 73 right now, and after about, what, 18 hours? <laughs> It'll be 73. Uh, I was actually frozen on Sunday, but um, are we changing the world around us as a thermostat? Are we transforming, right? Or are we conforming? Are we starting, are we becoming so much like the world that nobody can recognize us otherwise? These are tough things that we have to, to seek God for, right? Um, he says uh, to be of this world, I think it's John 17. We're in this world, but we're not of it. He doesn't pray that he'll take us out of it, but that the Spirit would walk with us as we go through it. And so, um, you know, you have to, we have to be on our knees, and we've got to be watching constantly what we're doing um, and so to be transformed is to be transformed by the renewing of your mind not by feelings uh, if you if you've um, if you saw that men's conference man uh, Ken Graves is like just he hates feelings I, <laughs> I wanted to give him a hug but uh, <laughs> uh, no but not hates feeling but the to to use feelings to justify uh, our relationship in Christ is not what God is calling us for. 
we, we are to renew our minds in him daily. Um, and by doing that, it proves what is the good and acceptable and perfect will of God. And so I have, um, there's another section in, in um, 1 Thessalonians. This is the will of God. It's 1 Thessalonians 4. Um, it's your sanctification. Sanctification, again, is you have a cup, right, that's dirty or that's somewhat clean. But you're using it for holy things. So you constantly make sure it's clean for the purpose that it's set apart for, right? To be set apart for Christ. And that's ultimately his will. Um, And like I said, to deny ourselves, to take up our cross, and to follow him. Um, And so that first verse, again, to be that sacrifice, um, to give yourself to God. That's the first part of the will of God. The second part is to keep your mind on the Lord. Even when you're not, you know, you don't feel it, be the sacrifice, consistently keep your mind on him. Um, And when you do those things, what's the last thing he says? Um, uh, Deny yourself, take up your cross, and then what? follow me, right? Um, if he's the one that's, that's guiding, I need to be the one that's following. And so when we do that, we actually do prove what is God's will. How do we prove that? Our lives will be that living sacrifice. You know what I'm saying? Um, people will know that we're following him. Uh, we won't be doing what we want. It says in um, a couple of sections, you spent your, your past lifetime doing, doing the things of the flesh, doing the things of the, the Gentiles, right? Um, living in the lusts of the flesh. But now you're a new creation. And so um, what is the will of God? It's not, it's not something that's hard to understand. Um, and now with that, is there any questions on the will of God? I mean, I don't... I don't know if it's, uh, I don't want to blow through that. I know we kind of took a little bit of time on that, but it is, it is important to, to kind of delve into that. Any questions on that? Uh, <laughs> I don't remember what I had for breakfast, sir. <laughs> um, let's see, what did, which, I've got a lot of scriptures. Uh I don't know. <laughs> um, okay. So. Uh, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> I wasn't ready for that question. He said, what was the last verse I just read? <laughs> I'm guessing it was uh, verse 2, but. Uh, thank you <laughs> for paying attention. <laughs> Um, let's go over to 2 Corinthians, though. This is another section that talks about um, metamorphosis. And it's, it's 2 Corinthians uh, 2, 3, excuse me, chapter 3, verse 18. And I think you guys will see this as we read it. But, but we all, with unveiled face... Beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord. And here's that word again. 
are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, just as by the Spirit of the Lord. And so it is important that you bear fruit, right? That, that you're different. You're not conformed to this world. That people will recognize it. Um, but that, that comes as you're a living sacrifice. It comes as you're submitted to Christ. Um, and so here's where it gets, gets into what the gifts are. For I say to you in verse 3, through the grace given to me, to everyone who is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think. And that is a big struggle, right? Especially in our, our current state where it's all about us, right? What's the first thing you look for in a picture? You. <laughs> What's the first thing you do when you get up? Look in the mirror, right? Everybody looks horrible in the morning. Why do we look in the mirror? That's the first thing we want to see. Um, but in Christ, um, as, as you have realized the, the gifts that you've been given, the position that you are in Christ, that we are holy and righteous in him, that we are saved in him, it says, don't think highly of yourself. It's not about you. It's, it's not. It's not your holiness. It's his holiness. Um, think soberly. That's such an interesting word. Um, you know, you think about the homeless problem and the ones that are, you know, drunk out of their mind. It's like, think soberly. Without impairment, right? Um, not being impaired by alcohol, uh, drugs, um, you're, you know, I'm, I'm really knowledgeable, whatever, whatever it is, you know, that you think, that I think that we're the best at, um, it's filthy rags. It's not, it's not worth anything. Paul says, I, I, all those things that were, you know, a gain to me, I count as loss. They're, they're worthless. Um, and those were things that, I mean, in our mind would be great things. How, how you know, his, his list of things that, um, that he had done for, you know, God and for, for Judaism, but all those things were worthless when it came to seeing the holiness of God in Christ. Before God, he, he, those things were worthless. And, you know, when we start to realize, I think sometimes we get ahead of ourselves, too, where we start thinking we're doing good. I, I, I've got this, God. I don't, I don't need you right now. But he has a way of bringing us to our knees and, and humbling ourselves. And I like that, you know, in Philippians 2, it says, have this mind in you also, right? Christ humbled himself, took on flesh, and came down to earth to die for our sins, right? Um, uh, Philippians 2, 5, um, that's humility. He didn't have to, I mean, he wanted to. That's, that's the whole point of it. And so when we humble ourselves, um, again, one thing that he desires is a broken and contrite spirit. These things he will not despise. And so think soberly. Um, all these three things, as you live these things, you live in his will. Uh, let's go to, as God has dealt e- uh, to each one, a measure of faith. Let's go to Philippians 3.
Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians. Philippians 3, 7. I kind of already talked about this, but what things were gained to me, these I have counted lost for Christ. Yes, indeed, I also count all things lost for the ex- excellence of the knowledge of Christ my Lord. Can anybody look back on their past and say, I wish I, you know, in light of what you know now, in light of the saving faith that God has given you, can anybody look back and say, I wish I would have stayed in that sin? I wish I would have kept going down that stupid path. Um, those are bad things. In this case, though, he persecuted the church, right? He was there at Stephen's death. And he was proud about this. Um, all these things are worthless in our past. Once we have that, it says, excellence of the knowledge of Christ, my Lord. And he goes on to say, and this is something that I think is a challenge to us, whom I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish. Dung, right? That I may gain Christ. You know, if, if you had a, a pile of dung, would you hang it up on the wall? Would, would you be excited about that? No, we do, I mean, we don't, we don't, you know, there's no prize for that. But um, he counts all those things that were good in his life before Christ as dung. And, and be found in him, not having my own righteousness, which is from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness which is from God by faith. And so um, it is by faith. It's by grace you have been saved through faith, Ephesians 2, right? It's his grace and mercy that allows us to be that adopted son of Christ. And so um, don't think highly of yourself. Paul surely didn't. Um, we are all unworthy. It is humbling to, like, have Raul text me, you know, like, hey, can you cover Wednesday? I'm like, <laughs> Lord, help me. <laughs> um, as we go down further, though, he's going to start to list out all these gifts. Think about what God has given you. Because he's given each of us, it says a measure of faith, and that's, that's just a measure of faith, but he's also given us gifts. And when we start to get these gifts, it's not for us to start boasting in ourselves about them, right? It's so that we'll bring glory to him and bring others to him also, right? Um, For the edifying of the saints um, and just to bring others to Christ. Um, So let's continue on. For as many, for as we have many members, verse 4, in one body, but all members do not have the same function. Uh, (laughs) There, there's a section, I, I wrote it down somewhere, I think it was 1 Corinthians 12, but can everybody be an ear? If everybody's an ear, where's the smelling? Can everybody be the eyes? No. God has given you each a different gift. Um, don't be ashamed of that. Uh, if we don't know the gift, we'll kind of figure out how we can maybe find that out, but uh, let's keep reading. Uh, So there's so many gifts. So we being many are one body. So individually you have gifts, 
but now in Christ you're one body, and individually members of one another. Having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us, let us use them. And we're going to stop there. Um, I was thinking about another parable. Do you, let's go ahead and, uh, Steve, remind me what time we quit here. Okay. Let's go to Matthew. No, let's not go to Matthew. <laughs> I'll paraphrase it for you. Uh, I can read the whole, it's like the whole chapter. But um, Matthew 25, verse 14, it talks about um, a master has, two, has three servants. And he gives to them each a different amount according to their ability, it says. And this is interesting because it actually says the same thing here. According to their ability, but uh, according to the grace that is given to them. He gives one five denarii, or let's say dollars. Five dollars, that's a really low amount. Five hundred dollars, three hundred dollars, and one hundred dollars. Why not? He gives to them varying amounts. And he leaves them with that. He goes away for a long time. And he comes back, and he starts to reconcile the accounts. He says, what did you do? The guy that made that was given 500 gained 500 right? He said, well done, thy good and faithful servant. Same with the 300 guy. Uh, he got 300. The guy with 100, he buried it because he knew that the, the, the master was a shrewd master. And he said he, he cast him out into utter darkness because he was a lazy servant. Not that he was a disobedient servant. He didn't lose the money, but that he was lazy with it. Um, and when we think about these gifts, God has given each of us, A, a measure of faith. And we're to use that faith to accept him. B, he's given us gifts. And he's given us those gifts to, to edify the brothers and glorify him. And so when he gives us these gifts, he not only gives us an opportunity to use them, to, to, to add on to it, right? To double the amounts, right, of our gifts. But to also, it says that he would give us more gifts. And there's another portion that says, desire the best gifts. The thing about that parable, it didn't matter if you had $100, $300. It didn't matter what servants you were as long as you did something useful with that gift, Right? as long as you glorified the master there. And it's the same with these gifts. Um, it doesn't, you know, if, if your gift is, is uh, well, let, let's read the gifts. Um, there's two sets of gifts. Uh, this, this set is going to be about expanding the word or expounding the word. And then the next is going to be expanding the work. So let's look at the, the word here. Um, verse 6. Um, let us use these gifts. If prophecy, let us use prophecy in proportion to our faith. Or ministry, let us use it with, use it in our ministering. He who teaches in teaching. He who exhorts in exhortation. Okay, so uh, let's go back to prophecy. It's not necessarily the, uh, you know, thus saith the Lord, uh, and, you know, Dan's going to get a new car today. It's not, it's not necessarily that kind of a prophecy. 
Uh, it can be, I guess, but mostly it's to declare God's truth. And I don't know, when I was going through this, I started to think about people, right, here at the church. And, all right, who, who does that? And starting to put names to it. You can, you can do that. I mean, you don't have to. Uh, not necessarily, it doesn't do anything, but it, um, it's good to know who's got certain gifts. And I hope it, all, it also helps us understand how to interact with certain people, right? The foot is going to have a hard time interacting with the mouth, right? Uh, sometimes we put our foot in our mouth, but uh, it, doesn't, it doesn't taste good, right? Um, that doesn't mean they both don't have a purpose. And so if you have prophecy, you want to declare God's truth. If you have um, ministry, you want to um, depict God's truth. So... Um, and then if you have the teaching ability, you want to define God's truth, right? And so there's, there's uh, exhortation, which is also to kind of uh, um, demand God's truth, right? Um, so prophecy, declare it. Um, ministering to depict it. And you see these guys are the ones that, uh, or girls that are, are actually like, trying to live it out, and trying to show others how to live that out, right? They're depicting that truth. Um, the exhortation, or I'm sorry, the teaching, is to define it, right? What is God's truth? Um, I know of a couple people that are like that, really good at knowing what's clearly right and wrong. There's no gray. It's black or white, and uh, don't, don't, you know, don't dance in the middle or you're going to get slapped. And it's, it's a great thing uh, to, to be there and to, uh, to talk with these people. Same with all of these things, right? I mean, uh, and then finally ministering, or uh, I'm sorry, exhortation uh, to, def- to uh, um, demand God's truth. And you see that when somebody kind of is not only teaching but slapping you around. He's exhorting you to, or she's exhorting you to something better, right? Something that God demands in us. Um, and so those are kind of those expounding the word. And again, I think each of us have one of these gifts. Uh, I remember going through a class. It was like, what's your gift? And I got, I got like hospitality. <laughs> and what was the other one? administration and she got like faith and it was like uh what was the other one (laughs) i was like lord come on (laughs) you know i don't know how how to have faith in you but i can say would you like a cup of water (laughs) uh, but that's not really it's not about a test that we take to determine what gifts we have as you start to uh, serve in the church, as you start to seek out his word, those desires will come out, right? Um, it's, not, it's not something that I should necessarily be telling you or anybody else that you know. It's really something that as you start to desire these things, that's probably your gift. And if you're, you know, if you're seeking these things out, uh, I love how we're supposed to practice and exercise our faith. And while we do that, these things become evident to us. So now expounding the work. So we talked about the word, now the work. 
So uh, he who gives, in verse 8, give with liberality. Um, don't give to the liberals, right? But give with liberality. Um, give a lot, right? Um, and, man, I know some of these people do. It's like sometimes you have to say, stop, right? I love you, but stop giving to me. Um, and so if this is you, do it as much as you can, right? He who leads. So this is about administration. Um, do it with diligence. Don't do it kind of wavering, right? Be strong. Work hard. Don't, don't be lazy. Uh, he who shows mercy. <laughs> I would hope that this kind of goes hand in hand. He who shows mercy with cheerfulness. <laughs> you would hate to see somebody giving mercy just with a hard hand, right? Free to go. You know? <laughs> like, oh, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> uh, but with cheerfulness. That's a hard one, right? Um, some of these are real hard. Um, but it's interesting. As we seek the Lord, he gives us random gifts, random times, I think. But I think we do. He does give us certain gifts for certain seasons. But at the same time, I think he does give us a gift that, that extends longer, right, as we're in him. Um, let's continue on. Let love be without hypocrisy. <laughs> what is a hypocrite? <laughs> so they used to they used to put on a mask, right? Is that is that what I'm thinking about? The hypocrites? Yeah, they used to wear a mask and pretend to be something else, right? Um, it's int- let love be without hypocrisy. about your marriage, right? And, uh, ooh, that would be, I've heard about people where they get married based on what they thought was love, and the next day, it's, it's a nightmare, right? It wasn't, it was a hypocritical love. Now, don't, don't start, you know, nudging people, (laughs) you know, no amens here, Uh, because I think, I'll tell you a story, and I probably told this before, but I, I actually, uh, I really had, I hated some guy, <laughs> uh, to, to be blunt, uh, because he was threatening my family. And so I really had this, this hatred for this guy, and this is not too long ago, and I prayed one night, I hadn't seen him for probably a couple of years, I prayed one night that I would love this guy. Uh, this has never happened to me before, I'm not making this up, but the next day, I'm at my work, and he doesn't work there, but guess who comes out of the elevator? The dude. And my <laughs> you know, fists immediately kind of clench. Um, but I realized shortly after that, the, the Lord was trying to teach me to love this guy. To not, you know, if I'm saying, Lord, give me love for this guy, don't be a hypocrite about it. Love this guy. Um, abhor what is evil. Uh, if you can quickly turn, I, this is such a strong, strong verse. Go to Philippians 4, uh, verse 8. Love this text, um, and it really qualifies a lot of things in our lives. Um, Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, are lovely, 
whatever things are of good report, if there's any virtue and if there is anything praiseworthy, what does it say? Not forget about these things, but meditate on these things. There goes most of the TV, right? There goes most of the movies. There goes a lot of things in our lives. But why... Why, do, why does God even tell us to do these things? Is it because he's a buzzkill? No, it's for our benefit, right? It's for our refinement. As he's sanctifying us, right? Setting us apart for his holy purpose. Abhor what is evil. And likewise, cling to what is good. You really see that in a child, right? You ever, you ever, uh, I remember watching like Robocop at age five. I was scared to death. You know what I mean? I don't know what my dad was thinking, but I was scared out of my mind. And you, you know, you see kids also when there's a stranger kind of, kind of step back, right? Because they're scared of this person. Uh, not necessarily that the person's evil, but they have, they have this innocence about them, right, that, that kind of understands something may be wrong. And then they cling to what is good. They usually are all over their mom or dad, right, in a situation. And so in that sense, you know, when it comes to evil and good, be like a baby. Uh, the best way to not, you know, get into a habit of bad things is to not start a habit, right? Um, don't start smoking, <laughs> don't start gambling, don't start whatever, uh, as those leads to, lead to habits. Um, be kindly affectionate to one another with brotherly love, in honor giving preference to one another. You know, on Sundays, if you see somebody that's not being talked to, talk to them. I don't know everybody's name in here, you know, um, or I forget it pretty quickly, but Talk to these people, right? Some people just, you know, they're like almost here on Sunday just to get some conversation, right? Uh, just to talk to the, hear from the Lord through somebody else. Hear how you're doing. Uh, oddly enough, right? We always love to talk about ourselves. Um, talk to somebody that you don't know. Um, giving preference to one another. Um, not lagging in diligence, so don't be lazy. Uh, fervent in spirit, serving the Lord. Rejoicing in hope. Oh, just going back to fervent in the spirit, it's, uh, it can be understood as like boiling. Um, boiling in the spirit. Um, rejoicing in hope. Patient, uh, which is like steadfast endurance, right? You're patiently going. It's not that you're scared of something, but you're patiently going in tribulation, continuing steadfastly in prayer. And all these things, I mean, if we can, again, put these, we'll know what God's will is, we'll know what his gifts are for us and how to use them. Distributing to the needs of the saints, that goes back to giving, right? Um, given to hospitality. There's, there's that gift of mine, right? Uh, just, <laughs> uh, it's like a love for strangers, right? Now, I don't know that I necessarily have that gift. 
I love to talk to people, but uh, stranger danger, I'm not sure if I'm quite there. Uh, it's basically to serve um, and, and not entertain. So I don't tap dance when somebody comes over, um, but I do, I do think I serve, I don't know, whatever. Maybe I have it. <laughs> you should have all these, right? I mean, we should desire all of these things. Um, bless those who persecute you. Remember what Jesus said? Somebody slaps you, give them the other side. Somebody asks for your coat or your shirt, give them your coat, give them everything. Somebody asks you to go a mile, go two, go five. Uh, do, do these things, right, as unto the Lord. Bless and do not curse. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Sometimes that's the hardest, right? And weep with those who weep. It's really hard when somebody passes. Uh, it's just like I kind of avoid it, uh, avoid these people. But um, it's just a, a selfishness in me, right? I just don't know what to say. But in this case, weep with those who weep. You don't have to say anything. Weep. That's all, you know? It's not um, try and relate to them. Just weep. Uh, If somebody, you know, gets a new truck, and I've got my old beater out there, you know? Modesto got a new truck. You you don't scratch the side of it. (laughs) Right? Try and polish it for him. (laughs) Rejoice with somebody. If something happens that, that God has blessed them, uh, rejoice in that. If something happened, weep with those people. Be of the same mind toward one another. Do not set your mind on high things, but associate with the humble. Do not be wise in your own opinion. And that goes back to verse 3, right? Don't be wise in your own opinion. Um, you are not everything. So, repay no one. Do we have time to finish? Yeah, why not? Repay no one evil for evil. Have regard for good things in the sight of all men. Oh, don't pay evil for evil. That's kind of the the mantra, right, for the day? Like outside uh, the world? There's a whole religion based on that, right? Um, It's, again, if somebody slaps your right side, give them your left. Um, Remember the mercies that Christ did for us. How, how much mercy he's had on us, like that parable, and how much we should have on others. And this is funny. If it is possible, <laughs> as much as depends on you, live peaceably with all men. Um, if it's possible. If not, move to Tahiti, right? No, uh, but we, we are, there's going to be a time when persecution is going to come. It's a giving. Um, Jesus didn't promise us, you know, a life without tribulation. He did promise us a life with joy, though, with peace. And so we don't have to fear. And as much as it is possible, you know, you, I know everybody could probably raise their hand that has a crazy neighbor. As much as that is possible, live peaceably with all men. Um, And just realize, again, how much mercy he's had on you. Do not avenge yourselves. Ooh, that's tough, right? Remember this one guy, he would always get under my skin. And um, finally I gave it to the Lord. He's like my my favorite person now, right? (laughs) 
I love the guy, and I love what he does. And so um, that was just my heart. That wasn't really like he wasn't like, you know, um, hurting me or anything. It was stupid stuff. But um, when you realize that, again, what God has done, uh, we should have a little bit more grace and mercy on others. Uh, don't avenge yourself, but rather give place to wrath. Uh, for it is written, vengeance is mine. I will repay, says the Lord. That's tough, right? In our flesh, we want to take control. We want to uh, get even. Um, you know, the, the thing that's most quoted on the outside from the Bible, an eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth, right? Um, but that's not what God um, truly desires out of our heart. He desires a changed heart. If your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him a drink. For in so doing, you will heap coals of fire on his head. And there's two ways to understand this uh, coals of fire. One is um, they used to give, I guess, coals to somebody whose fire had gone out. So you'd give them these coals. They would put it on their heads and walk over. So you would kind of be warming them up, right? You would be warming them up to the things of, in this case, the things of God. There's another way. Um, it's basically thought of like conviction. By doing these things, by living out the life of Christ, you're convicting others. You're convicting the world. I think either can probably you'd have you know good scriptural support for. But um, so I mean, seek the Lord on that. But either way, uh, it's a great picture, right? As we serve Christ and serve others, others will be drawn to Christ, right? Walk the walk, talk the talk, and, and others will come. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. And so, you know, just to summarize, this is the Christian life and service, and it really is for the glory of God. Um, if we can... You know, not just read, but um, comprehend, right? To renew our minds in these things. Um, as a new creation, think about renewing something to keep making it new, right? To keep refreshing it. To keep God's word constantly in our minds. To keep God constantly in our mind. Um, again, those two things we talked about, the will of God. To be the sacrifice and to keep your mind on the Lord. And so when we do these things, when we're humbly submitted to him, these things will fulfill the will of God. So um, let's go ahead and pray. And Lord, again, thank you for this night. Um, while I know we all have struggled with your will, um, it, it's not something that's mysterious. It's something that uh, you've made clear throughout your word, throughout many passages, Lord, that sanctification, that cleansing, that continual uh, bearing fruit, Lord, to deny ourselves, take up our cross, and follow you. We ask, Lord, that um, you would strengthen us in that. We are weak. Um, humble us, Lord, before your mighty hand. Help us to know uh, you are in control, not us. Um, we ask for forgiveness for our failings, Lord. And we ask that you would continue to strengthen us, clarify those gifts in us, Lord. Help us to, uh, through practice, through seeking you, just to renew those things, Lord, to uh, bring about those things that'll, 
that'll edify the saints, that'll glorify you, and Lord, that will show the world that we are uh, a part of your your body. And Lord, help us not to. Uh, I, there's all these things in there, Lord, just that just help us with. Um, it's a lot, but in your strength, in your power, all things are possible. So. Thank you for this time. Again, we ask that you bless Pastor Rawl and all the uh, individuals that went to that conference. Strengthen them for your purpose, Lord. And we ask this in Jesus' name.